In a world where full-length motion pictures exist, two men have the power to navigate their stories. Join Jeff and Michael as they attempt to recall some of their favorite movie memories. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Movie Memories podcast with Michael and Jeff, where we try and uh, go through and recall the synopsis of some of their favorite movies from memory, all while discussing our favorite lines, characters, scenes, and more. Yeah. 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 So uh, we have uh, our special guest, Nick, here, who's going to try and remember a movie with Michael. All right, Nick. You ready? (laughs) You guys uh, ready for this? I'm actually nervous. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm a little bit anxious. I, I want to say that I'm ready for this, but you know, pride comes before the fall. So yeah, I was, All right. I was nervous cause like I'm finally getting more and more comfortable with just sitting down and starting to record these. And it's just like adding a new element plus wondering what the movie is. I don't know. It's just a different level of nervousness that I hadn't felt since the first couple episodes. So nervous, but also excited to have fun with three people on this now. Yeah. yeah. Bring it on. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right. Like I, I said before we started recording, um, I'm going to try and give you a more obscure quote. Uh, and here's the quote. Okay, let's try. You ready? Yeah. All right. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. You're meant to come down here and defend me against these characters. And the oh, only so you did one I've Jurassic got Park. <laughs> on my side is the blood-sucking lawyer. <laughs> the blood-sucking lawyer. <laughs> it's the blood-sucking lawyer. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, you think did you choose got Jurassic it? Park. Yeah, I did choose Jurassic Park. That's like the first yeah. one. And I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> it's, I knew eventually we'd have to do some of the like... Uh, more popular like the more popular but also i mean like it's still good like it's a favorite for a reason yeah 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 so let me let me uh describe the movie real quick here yeah for everyone that (laughs) has not Uh, seen jurassic park what what year did it come out nick yeah it came out yeah yeah, yeah. 93 is it 93 yeah Mm -hmm. it is yeah always in my head 97 sticks out but like every time I have that question posed, it's like, ah, I feel like it's 1997, but no. Mm-hmm. All right. And the director, of course, Spielberg, Spielberg yeah. and the writer, uh, Michael Crichton, Michael Crichton. Did he good. like write the whole screenplay or script? Uh, like that, he write it. He, I know he did the, the book, right? But yeah. Oh, dang. Yeah. Hmm. He was, he was actually an acclaimed, uh, uh, producer and, and screenplay writer in addition to being a novelist. So mm-hmm. yeah, I saw very the, big in Hollywood. Yeah. I just forgot. Like I knew he wrote the book and like, that was all a big deal. And, but yeah, I mean, I didn't even remember to think about if he was directly heavily involved or if he was just like a consultant, you like other, there was, you know, there was only movie. one other writer. It was David Kep or yeah. Cope Kep K O E P P. Yeah. Cope. Cope. Yep. All right. <laughs> All right. You guys ready to go through the movie? Yeah. Nick, do you want to start us out and try to try to make your way through? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Um, all right. So scene one, the, uh, 
They're on Isla Nublar, and it's the uh, raptor feeding scene. So they're pulling yeah. the 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 uh, forklift up to the paddock, and yeah, the crew all getting out of the way of the forklift, and then um, it uh they uh they install it into the paddock um right door and of course something goes haywire the there's a jolt right remind me what the oh well it was like the raptor runs yeah into yeah the, yeah it runs yeah, the opposite the, direction right mm-hmm. i think whenever they first get it like installed the raptor which i guess is just like foreshadowing the intelligence mm-hmm. of the raptor like I think there's like a shot where like it shows his uh no maybe that's just a little bit after where like it, you can see the raptor's eyes through the little slits in the grates and the right, container right, right. or something like that but yeah, yeah he, like, they're trying to taste him yeah mm-hmm. he like screeches and then runs to the opposite side of the container to bounce it out of the lock right yeah they, yeah they're trying to bring the raptor to the paddock i think right. and it's in the container they're lowering it onto some tracks and they're bringing it forward and they're raising the gate and right after the raise the gate is when it hits it yeah 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 and so it right from there. you know of course like there is a feeding scene later on but yeah that's yeah. right I, I was i had it in mind that they yeah, were yeah. bringing an animal into it and okay oh yeah. uh, right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but then when when the uh the box kind of comes away from the wall the raptor pulls the technician in and yeah um uh, what's his name? Um, Maroney. It's not Maroney. Um, oh yeah. What is his name? Uh, it's as you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Cause he it's, gets introduced later, like formally to some other characters and he, they say oh, his name. You're talking about, um, the gamekeeper, the, safari the gameskeeper. Yeah. 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 Molded. Yeah. Which he, he gets introduced yeah. at the, the feeding scene, but yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's trying to hold on to the, the technician while, Right, 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 right. Telling them this, to shoot. Huh? Yeah, this this whole scene is a very good uh, representation of the entire movie because when they're when that is going up to the gate, the cage, uh-huh. there are these lights on. It's like red, and then it turns yellow and green to show that it's lined up and it's right you know, and it's secure. working. Right, and then of course it doesn't. <laughs> It's it true. Work. Yeah, it's all it technology like a, versus nature. Yeah, it just totally points out like despite their best efforts, they still can't make it safe. Right. Like it can't make it work anyway. So yeah, he's holding on to the technician as he's getting ravaged by the, the Raptor and they're all trying to like prod it with the little electric pokers to get mm-hmm. it to stop. And Muldoon. So what you said his name yeah, was Muldoon. Yeah. Muldoon is like screaming, shoot, shoot. And it, like, shots of the technician's hand slowly slipping out of his grip. I think it fades out. Yeah. So it's the next scene right after that. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. So the next scene is Gennaro on the raft. Right. 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 In my, like at first I was going back to the dig, but no, because I remember yeah. like it segues into like a wet environment. And so it's, yep. he's, he's on the raft, they're pulling him to shore and he goes into the, uh, the, the cave, the dig site. 
And so the the lead um, miner, I don't know. Well, actually, I don't remember the. Uh, the I think he he ends up. So Gennaro's like, we find out later, but for context of their conversation, he's a lawyer for Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. But I think he ends up telling him like on the way into the mine that, um, you know, they're behind schedule or something like that. Like it was it was directly connected to the previous scene. Like oh, he said, a man yeah. has died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So oh, and so does yeah. he say like so? Then we have to, like so they're tasking us with bringing some experts in or something like that Correct. to sign off on yeah. the park. Yes. Oh, yeah, it sets up the whole reason they're doing it. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. He mentions Alan Grant, and yeah, the guy says, "Oh, you'll never get him out of Montana." Yeah, and then he mm-hmm. says, uh, uh, "He he tells the." other worker to bring him a light and shows him the, the amber with the mosquito in it. Right. Yeah. Um, he says, cause Grant's like me. He's a digger. <laughs> He's a digger. And then oh. it cuts to the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I yes. think it does. It, then it cuts to who they're talking about. Uh, mm, Dr. Yeah. Alan Grant's archeological or not archeological, uh, Paleological pa- dig. Yeah, paleological. Yeah. Um, dig site where they're uncovering. I think it's like immediately an overhead shot, actually. It doesn't even show him. It's like an over a close overhead shot of uh, the raptor uh-huh. or some other dino bones that they're sweeping up and they, you know, slowly some, pans out to show a whole team just dusting away bones. Some very and, convenient dirt that's yeah, yeah. It's just, so it's just very, very loose. lightly loose dirt that they're <laughs> yeah. brushing away from these. Mm. Uh, prehistoric bones and then but i can't think of how it gets from there to showing the characters there's just one shot where grant kind of stands up comes into frame Mm -hmm. ellie sadler puts the bandana around his neck and then they go over to the uh um, to the tent where they have the like sonar device it's supposed to be revolutionary but (laughs) as i think about it i'm like that technology doesn't really Never panned out. We actually have that kind of technology. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, logistically, it's kind of weird. But they shoot a shotgun into the ground, more or less. (laughs) Yeah, and it it only goes like however many feet they need it, and then it creates a a planar image instead of you know just kind of this whole scattered three dimensional thing. But right, um, yeah. But yeah, so they they do that they're looking at the uh the results of that and then the, the little shithead kid can i say oh, shithead kid <laughs> yeah because <laughs> even even the technician uh when they're looking at the picture he says like another five to ten years of development or something like that and we won't even have to dig yeah. anymore mm-hmm. just to point out how much that's was i guess bs <laughs> right and what like once again technology the scene yeah, yeah. <laughs> right so yeah but, the kid shows up he says, that doesn't look that scary. Yeah. And then he says, like, looks more like a six foot turkey. That's a good impression. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Like that a six foot uh, turkey. That kid was on. Uh, <laughs> um, made a little cameo in Full House. He was one of Michelle Tanner's friends. But anyway. <laughs> I oh, gosh. Um, and so Alan Grant, like, scars that kid for life by telling him how the raptor would brutally and torturously kill him. Uh, yeah, right. 
and then they just mosey <laughs> off to their camper. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it's fine. It's, I was yeah, going to okay. say, yeah, I think the, <laughs> I think the, like his final line is to the kid as he's staring him in the face. Like the point is you're alive when they start to eat you. <laughs> yeah. So, you, know, you might show a little respect. A little respect. <laughs> yeah. But then uh, I think a helicopter comes swooping in. Oh, yeah. And yeah, uh, everyone's like freaking out. And... Yeah, frantically covering up their dig site so like nothing gets damaged. And then they rush up there to get to the helicopter to tell the pilot to shut it off. And the, <laughs> the pilot, like, clearly could have just shut off the helicopter, but instead he just points into yeah. the trailer. Like, I, yeah. No, you go into the trailer. Like, you shut off the helicopter. <laughs> you do like, what I say. Like, I never understood, like, how that, <laughs> like, no, go in there. Like, just turn the helicopter off. But anyway, so they go into the trailer to find a stranger in their trailer. And mm-hmm. it's John Hammond. And, and to cut through the whole thing, tells him that he has... Um, tells him his backstory. Tell him tells them he uh, has this uh, theme park that he's creating, but never really tells him what it is. Right. Um, but they're collecting experts in in the field and um, makes them an offer that they can't refuse. Tells them if uh, if they'll join him for this this investigation, so to speak, he'll fund their dig for three more years. Yeah. They, uh, uh, like, where do we sign? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the next shot is the helicopter. There is a, there is a funny thing. Oh, which we could do this through the whole movie. Cause it, yeah. I mean, we know the movie well, but, uh, where he, uh, John Hammond shakes Alan Grant's hand, his, because he's pointing a finger at him. So he grabs yeah. his finger to shake his yeah. hand, like as the introduction. And then he <laughs> blows the dust off of his hand. <laughs> I just always thought it was just, that's just a like perfect little funny thing. Right. Um, right. Anyway, but yeah, I think it, does it immediately cut to their helicopter ride? I can't think of mm. some, where does it bounce in oh, between? It goes back to, uh, um, <laughs> I, I know his name. It escapes me at the moment. It'll come oh, right yeah. back to me, but I'm going to call him Newman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know his name. Do you Dennis know it? Nedry. Very good. Yeah. 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 Dennis Nedry. Yeah. He's yeah. meeting Dotson. Um, oh, yeah. At the little village restaurant and kind of learn mm-hmm. the first details of, of this this transaction that they have and um, he yeah, shows them the Barbasol container with the, right. the embryo slots. And yeah, this is um, the introduction of the corporate <laughs> espionage. Right. That this guy, it, is, it always sticks out to me how he like, he uses the, the shaving cream on his hand and then he puts the shaving cream on like some food. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> so on a piece of pie or something like that. Yeah. And, just, and, uh, <laughs> the other thing that always sticks out is when he's, showing him the Barbasol container and how he can transport the embryos that he's being asked to steal. When he opens it and pops open like the container, he squeaks whenever he laughs. I can't even do it. (laughs) When I was a kid, I always thought that that was like a sound effect that happened with the container. Like surely that wasn't coming from a human. Yeah, but no, it's it's him squeaking at the beginning of his laugh. (laughs) It's, It's weird. And 
this is a super popular movie, but it's this scene we're talking about has become a meme <laughs> where he calls him by his name or something like that. And he's like, don't say my it's name. Like, don't say my name. And, yeah. And he's like, Dotson, Dotson, we've got Dotson here. <laughs> See, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. See, no one cares. But that this is a meme now. Like people like put like a. See, we got this, got this. Yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Transcends uh, pop culture. So anyway, corporate espionage discussion about him stealing embryos at Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. And then then it goes to the helicopter ride. Correct. Uh, Dr. Sadler and Alan Grant and Ian Malcolm, the lawyer, yeah. and John Hammond. Correct. Um, Ian, they have like a little bit of a conversation in the helicopter as they're flying into the island. Um, Dr. Malcolm is introduced as a chaotician. Mm-hmm. Well, no, he's introduced as a mathematician. Oh, but then he corrects him yeah. as chaotician. I'm a chaotician. Chaotician. Um, so they they just have a little like uh, banter back and forth introducing the characters. Um, and as they approach the island um they get to a point where they have to descend towards the helipad right but now i can't think of do they just immediately when they land and they get out of the helicopter they immediately show up is this where they get into the jeeps mm-hmm. right. they do. do you remember yeah. what happens yeah. next well and and to add one little subplot that never really goes anywhere until like I mean minute thirty four of the film, um, when Ian Malcolm's explaining chaos theory and strange attractives, oh, yeah. and then he he kind of mm-hmm. like puts a move on Doctor Sadler. He yeah. does, um, yeah. He says like I refuse to believe that you're not familiar with the the concept of strange attractives or something yeah. like that. And, uh, yeah. Um, and thus you know pointing out that he's going to try to get it. But then that just doesn't really <laughs> there, develop yeah. into anything. Um, there are a few like random romantic subplots that just kind of they don't seem to go anywhere. Like yeah. the whole Which, the whole thing with uh, Alan Grant and Sadler and yeah. having kids, and right. then like the thing with uh, Ian Malcolm and Sadler. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think they're there to just like tease your imagination. Be relatable, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I am glad that they don't they didn't decide to pull those into fruition like dwell on it yeah yeah, exactly because then it would have really just changed the whole dynamic of the movie like you know like it would be too much of a distraction right but if you're dealing with uh jeff goldblum (laughs) how how can you say no (laughs) (laughs) so let's see um but then it goes to um Oh, all right. So they get in the jeeps, and yeah. they go out to the the clearing where they see the brachiosaurus. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a great scene. Yeah, and that's like that's lo- the first that's the first time that they actually know that there's what they're there for, why they yeah, are right. the ones chosen for this. Yeah, like the whole and they approach and one by one everyone is locking eyes with it and like Sadler is still staring at a leaf and so Dr. Grant has to like grab her head and turn it towards the dinosaur yeah 
Well, that, which, that, as as a plot device, that was kind of you know because she was the paleo botanist. Right. So they drive by and she just snatches that that broad leaf. Uh-huh. And she's looking at it and she's commenting on how you know that species hasn't been around. Uh, for one, that kind of points out like how thorough they were with recreating, you know, like right. recreating the park. You know, they took all these right. things into consideration, except for the worst case scenarios. Mm-hmm. Spared no expense. Yeah, <laughs> but they they didn't only revive species of, of animals, but they actually brought back plant. extinct plant life. But as she's kind of um, you know fawning over this extinct plant, and she can't believe that, he grabs her head and. Um, yeah, points her at you know the thing that she's kind of you know this this personification or uh, animalification. I don't know if that's a word, but of kind of the thing that she's so incredulous about. Yeah, and that's kind of a, a cool uh, device. Yeah, it's like a it's yeah I agree. It's like a cool way to show like to round their characters out. Right. Like Dr. Grant's like immediately blown away and notices the dinosaur immediately. She's still focused yeah. on the plant life because that's her focus. So even, it gives you a little bit of background. Even the cinematography is the same. Like they, they don't show the dinosaur until they show the, both of their reactions first. Right. Right. Which I think is great because <clears throat> the whole time the audience, they know they saw the trailers, blah, blah, blah. But but they you don't know until you see it. So it does leave right. like this big reveal. Mm-hmm. Right. That's it. that's one thing I, I would want to say is that they could they could have made this seem any sort of way with the um, like it being scary versus like trying to appeal to your childlike imagination. Yeah. At the beginning, you know. Right. But I love this Spielberg lean into that first, the childlike yeah. imagination, because I. I can't think of many movies that have done that. Whenever they bring back like dinosaurs, you, you think right. of like a cheap B movie. That's always scary. Right. Oh, they're dinosaurs. But he managed yeah. to do both in the same movie. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember watching it and just being excited to see dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and that, that shot, you know, they're, they're fixated on the, the brachiosaurus. Um, and, uh, and he mentions the T-Rex and, and Grant can't believe that he has to get him to repeat that they have a T-Rex. Yeah. But then he turns around and that shot looking down the valley at the uh, just all of the the grazing. Um, yeah. And dinosaurs and like the bathing brachiosaurus and in the, mm-hmm. the lake and um, it's, yeah, just a work of art. Yeah. Um, pretty perfect. And the mm-hmm. swelling of John Williams' score. Oh, John Williams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yeah. Okay, but so <laughs> I have, like, I've seen this movie a million times, but I'm still having the problems with the transition. Like, okay, he says, what else do you have in the park? Grant says that or something like that. And I think, I'll show you. Uh, yeah, he says, I'll show you. And, <laughs> and then it goes to, then, yeah. They're at the visitor center. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they're walking in and he's talking about their their special guests that are kind of their target demographic. And then hard cut to the kids um, tackling that old man. And, Can you remember uh, their names? Uh, Lex and, um, oh gosh. Um, Tim? Tim, yeah. Tim and Lex. Okay. Tim and that, Lex. That does happen, but there's... 
that's actually after a couple other things first. Yeah, the, I was wondering, oh, is there actually, not a cutaway yeah. again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah because they, the they talk about feeding thing happens. Yeah, they talk about um, like how the paleontologists are going to be out of a job, and then uh, Ian Malcolm says, "Don't you mean extinct?" And then, oh, yeah. well, and then they then cut they to, to the, the uh, like the exhibit. Um, I know DNA, you know, exactly like the, yeah. the, the little movie and they, they have the, the, the theater seats that rotate around and they right. see all oh. the geneticists I, at work. And right. I got right, the, right, right, right. They break I got it the line wrong. Yeah. Yeah. At the end at the Brachiosaurus thing, he, he said, he didn't say what else do you have in the park? He says, how did you do this? And then he oh, says, yeah. I'll, show, I'll you. show you. And that's yeah, why yeah. it cuts to that part where they're on the little, Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that leads to them going into the lab, mm -hmm. meeting Doctor uh, Wu. Wu. Dr. Wu. Yeah. yeah. Um, and having the conversation about all the. Mm -hmm. Do I? Oh yeah. The actor. The actor BD One. Yeah. Um, they learn that all the animals are female. Life finds way. Um, then the baby raptor hatch yeah um well there it is yeah <laughs> there it is there it is and oh um, and because as they're like the camera goes down zooms in on the the raptor coming out of the shell then it's a hard cut to the the raptor the full the raptor, raptor being padded mm -hmm. just the noise the sound of the raptor as they're about to feed it then you is that so the yeah, kids haven't he, been introduced yet. They do yet. do a lab, raptor feeding. Right. He looks okay. down at the raptor and he says, you breed raptors. I was like, yeah, Actually, yeah. yeah. All that preliminary stuff at the park, like the kids aren't around for, like they show up pretty much right yeah. before. Okay. Yeah. Set okay. okay. So know. then, yeah. So it does cut straight to the raptor paddock. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. They feed the cow. Um, yeah. Yeah. They feed the raptors, the cow. And I think he, uh, Dr. Grant, um, makes a comment like he says, like that's how you feed them, and he's like they don't want to be fed; they want to be they want to hunt or something like that. Right. And the uh, and Muldoon. Mm -hmm. That's when he's yeah. introduced yeah, so to the gameskeeper yeah. walks up the stairs to where they're at, you know, watching the feeding, and says, like they should all be euthanized. And or he says they should all be destroyed. Yeah, uh, destroyed, and so mm -hmm. they. They introduce Muldoon, the gameskeeper. He ends up having a little conversation with Dr. Grant about how big, how fast, um, how many. And I think he or mentions. He mentions that one's kind of like the uh, the ringleader and she yes. has the others probing the fences for uh, weak spots. Because they, they would never go uh, after the same place twice. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just to another foreshadowing that they're intelligent it's like they remember exactly yeah, you know, yeah, yeah memory denotes an intelligence and i think he even mentions the the ringleader kills the other two all, yeah all but two of the others yeah he said like we used to have this many and then she killed all but two um yeah right and i then, don't think they ever point out which one is her though it's I think not really. It's, I don't. Well, without being 
Well, you know, if that line were to foreshadow anything, I mean, I can't, I can't prove this, but you know, when he's, uh, you know, later on, oh he's yeah, yeah, locked on the one, and then yeah. one comes out of the, the the furnace. Clever yeah, girl. I mean, Clever just for girl. the sake of you know movie symmetry, I always kind of just assume that she was right, but right, I, mean, I, yeah. I don't know. Um, um, so the Raptors, you hear them; their little sound effects, which are great. I, w- I want to go back and now I want to see what how they foleyed all of these sound effects, like what they did for the Raptors, like screeching and the growls and all that. Like, however they figured that out, but. The raptors swarm, destroy the cow. The crane lifts up the little container that was holding the cow was completely ripped to shreds. And as they're watching, no blood, like the though. leaves, <laughs> right? Yeah, no blood on it. Well, I thought it was weird. There's no blood on it, but yeah. But they get done watching this mauling, which they never show. They just show the camera with the leaves like going everywhere and everyone's reactions as they're watching it. Um, and then uh, what is his name? John Hammond, Hammond says, he, he, yeah, yeah. He says uh, Alejandro's developed a uh, or um, prepared a delightful menu for us: Chilean yeah. sea, Chilean yeah. sea bass, I believe. Yeah, that's hungry. Freudian yes. Because, well, who's hungry? <laughs> yeah, as a kid, I always thought he said chili and sea bass, which, as an adult, I still think <laughs> that sounds. Um, that sounds terrible. <laughs> That must be like a a rich person's Frito pie or something. (laughs) (laughs) Chili chili layered with sea bass. And then like the next shot, they put the plate down. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I mean, I see it. Like it looks like there's chili on meat and cheese and like some sour. I was like, that looks delicious. I want it. Um, When I was a kid, I thought that looked gross. Right. Because... (laughs) <laughs> I I guess I didn't like inspect the plate close enough, you know what I mean? Like so it just looked like food that you normally as a kid wouldn't eat. But now going back and watching them, you know, later on through life, you look at that plate and you're like, "Oh, dang, that looks real good." Like that looks tasty, but none of them have an appetite because they all just watch the gruesome death of that cow. Which to go back to the original quote, this is, you know, they had the conversation about um the, uh, the how appropriate it is to to play God and mm-hmm. um, the the foreshadowing of consequences that are right around the corner and that's where yeah, Hammond is- makes the the comment about the blood sucking lawyer being the only one on his side. Yeah, because everyone's pointing mm-hmm. out like the flaws, like how right. dangerous what he just did is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which I like. They could have still made the movie and had all of them be like, this is amazing. Like, what are we going to like? How many other species? You could have just had them all like goo goo um, over the idea of the park and still been able to make the movie. Like, they still would have gone mm-hmm. on a tour. But I like that they actually showed them as critical experts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like that's a good that's good writing like just to it is keep them on character to be like no we love these things and we're still telling you it's insane yeah, yeah. And it it kind of gives them that that character layer of well you know between all the the scientists but then also Muldoon, Muldoon that he was so 
Like he always thought his character was, you know, he's an expert in animals and, and pack hunters and their mentalities and stuff. But he, he didn't care that these are dinosaurs. He like, as far as he was concerned, like he was paid to do a job. Right. As far as he could tell, like they had no place being, you know, around the public because they were nothing but just dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But then also from the perspective of the scientists, they weren't so, uh, um, I mean, they, they had that, that bit of awe at seeing these animals alive, but they were still like, well, yeah, but we studied all the ways that they're dangerous. So they still come to the same conclusion, but like you said, I mean, they're still, they're still in awe over it, but yeah. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. so I think this is where finally they finished the meal um, and then it shows them coming down the steps of the visitor right. center, right? Right. And that's whenever he mentions like that they were going to have a couple special guests and of their, their prime demographic and it's his grandchildren. They come running up the steps and tackle them and they all walk out the front doors of the, the visitor center to get into some remote controlled or some uh, automated uh Ford Explorers, um, which it's great. Every time I see one on the road, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that somebody's <laughs> taking the time and effort to recreate either the uh, Jeep Saharas, the Wranglers, or they take that Ford Explorer and turn it into the Jurassic Park Ford Explorer. It's just, it's pretty cool seeing them out in the wild. But anyway, they hop into these cars. There's this little bit of, like Jeff mentioned this little thing about um, Dr. Grant is trying to get into a car. Timmy is annoying him with like, I read your book. I I think you (laughs) got this wrong. And he's like, which car are you going in? And he goes, whichever one you are. And then he puts him in the car, shuts the door and then turns around and (laughs) Lexi is standing right there. And she said, uh, Dr. Sadler said that I should sit with you or, or spend time with you. It would be good for you or something mm-hmm. like that. Just right. pointing out that like Sadler is trying to get him to be kid, kid friendly and open up. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then they cut to her and she's also kind of having a laugh over it. Cause she's, yeah. <laughs> cause she knows she's annoying him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So ultimately I believe that's what happens is Grant gets in the car with the two kids no. And no, no, it's Gennaro, the two kids, and that's just it. That's just them in the car. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's Sadler, Grant, and Dr. Malcolm in the other one. Yeah. Because Dr. Malcolm, okay. once again, said, I'm going to uh, ride with Dr. Sadler. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was before Tim uh, came up, but uh, ride with Dr. Sadler. <laughs> I wish that's one. Uh, it's one impression I don't work on often enough. Which Jeff one? Goldblum. Yeah. But it'd be a good one to have in the repertoire. Uh, yeah, it would. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so they get into the vehicles and they take off. Yeah. And yeah. it goes back to the control room with uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, yeah. 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 And um, they initiate the tour. Hammond goes over and talks to Nedry and 
It says, our lives are in your hands and you have butterfingers. And Edry says that he could run the whole park with minimal staff and blah, 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 and uh, decode however many millions lines of code. And does that come easy or cheap? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of uh, highlights the uh, relationship that they have and that he's uh, he's disgruntled. Yeah. And he's kind of... Um, uh, he's, he's a bit of an extortionist. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, they, they hired one guy to do all of this. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and let me think from there. Bef- right before that scene, they did go through the gates, of course, oh, yeah. to Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. Welcome one of my favorite shots in yeah. all of film. Yeah. And almost every, every time... Park. I see that scene. My dad has to point out, you know, they reuse those doors from King Kong, right? Yeah. And that's why you, you hear Ian Malcolm even say, what do they have in there? King Kong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the Dilophosaurus was right before the Dennis Nedry scene, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they get disappointed because they didn't see it. They're like, if you, mm-hmm. the Dilophosaurus, if it would stun its enemies with its neurotoxin spray, mm-hmm. they're all like, damn, didn't get to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so right after the Nedry scene, are they still in the control center whenever yep. they're like, everybody quiet? Well, they're approaching yeah. the Tyrannosaur paddock. Well, no, because before that, oh, well, yeah, I guess. They go by the uh, Tyrannosaur Paddock before they ever Once. see the Triceratops. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they go to it. So they, they're at the Tyrannosaur Paddock. They're looking out the window. A goat. They try to coax it out with the goat. Yeah. They put a goat out there for it to come, but it never does. And so and then, then Grant, I think it... I think that's when Grant says T-Rex doesn't want to be fed. He wants to hunt. Mm-hmm. Oh, Okay. No, so he never said it at the rafters. Nope. Yeah. Um, Strike one. <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple I, things about this scene that I, I guess this would be the only criticism I have is the way that they have it set up. It's like, how would you see the T-Rex if it was there? Cause yeah, there's so many these, trees. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he would have to get, or she would have to get right up to. Yeah. The fence. Right. fence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. That's like the only from the beginning. It didn't really set up to be a great theme park. It's like going to the zoo now, though. Like, if an animal doesn't want to be seen, they're going to go hide in some corner, and they're Mm going to. And then you're like, oh, there's everything. (laughs) So I think it just it just continues on the tour, right? When once they realize, does it cut away again? It uh, it shows the goat, um, and then it cuts back to the control room and it shows Ian Malcolm, you know, knocking on the, it's oh. like, are you going to have any, uh, dino <laughs> dinosaurs in this park? Yeah. yeah. There's little cameras inside the car and he leans into it. And <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, are there any, any dino, uh, dinosaurs? I really hate that door? man. <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes back to, uh, it goes back to Nedry, right? Like a, 
Well, it actually shows that scene you were talking about earlier with the uh, chaos theory. That's when he, that's when oh, he tells oh. Dr. Sadler about that. Yep. And, and yeah, the water and mm-hmm. yeah, um, he does this little trick where he puts a couple droplets of water on her hand to show that like asking like, which way is the water going to roll off? Right. Same hand, mm-hmm. same drop. Now, which way? Uh, it's because of all these little things in your hands and mm-hmm. he, he, he's holding her hand and trying to be real suave and yeah. 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 And she's and all then, impressed. Cause she's like, Alan, are you seeing this or whatever? This is really interesting. Yeah. My hands wet, yeah. Alan. Are you watching? <laughs> He's holding my hand, Alan. <laughs> do, you, do you see this? <laughs> he didn't see it because he was looking out the window at the uh, Triceratops. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. That's the segue. And they that's all jump out. And uh... <laughs> yeah. uh, they all jump out except for Dr. Malcolm. He's like the last one to get out. He's like, <laughs> Should you really be doing this? And he goes, oh, there's, there it is. There's a, another thing. Uh, chaos. I, chaos. Uh, yeah. They decide to get out of a moving vehicle, and I'm left alone in here talking mm-hmm. to myself or something. <laughs> the essence. In, and then I never thought about this, but then it cuts back to the uh, control room where Muldoon's mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah. We should have locking mechanisms on the vehicle. So, like, doors, yeah. <laughs> so when you retrofitted those Ford Explorers, <laughs> did you take out the locking mechanisms? Oh, right. Ford put them there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if you did that, and we foreshadow to a later scene, could they have never anybody ever gotten out of the car, and, yeah. and they'd all be screwed? Just, everyone just ends up in trees. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they jump out to go find a sick triceratops being monitored by a, f- a park technician. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get to touch it and it's a big animatronic, which is one of the best parts about this movie is the blend of first introducing full CGI generated um, animals, you know, mm-hmm. creatures in a movie, but then also they do blend it with that practical so that it feels it grounds it. So this triceratops is full animatronic. Like I think it's, carved out or echoed or uh, empty on the inside from the back end. I think I remember watching a behind the scenes thing, how they had the rib cage lift up and down. Right. Um, as they had like people inside just pushing from the whole underneath. thing. Yeah. But yeah, they find out that it's, it's sick and talk about what it's been eating and the paleobotanist, uh, Dr. Sadler like points out uh, the stuff that they've been eating is poisonous and the technician's like, no, they don't eat that. Like they avoid it. And she says, there's only one way to find out. And <laughs> go yes. in. Yeah. They inspect, go find some of their poop. There's a, there's a slight uh, like cutaway. Yeah. It goes, with- that's when it goes back to Nedry. Cause he starts his plan. Cause I, I just remember like he synchronizes his, watch, watch the, and his uh, computer and so he does that thing and then like as right. soon as he hits the buttons there's a thunderclap then going back to the the field where the triceratops was yeah because um, i think with, he explains it by saying like hey, i gotta do some debugging some of the systems are gonna go down off and on right yeah they point out that there's a a tropical storm heading straight for yeah. the island oh. well yeah so but, everyone needs to evacuate I guess is is the the scene where she's finding the berries in the poop 
directly connected to that first scene with the Triceratops? So yeah. she's looking at the the lilac, I guess, the poisonous berries. Yeah. And then she talks about uh, looking in the droppings and uh, uh, well, dropping yeah. <laughs> dropping dropping and then it cuts to a shot of the the computer with the visual of the tropical storm and where it's heading um, and then he mentions to dr hammond we're gonna have to cut this tour short and dr hammond's pissed he says he goes Dam, Dam. Yeah, uh, yeah and it cuts to the dino droppings droppings okay and she's looking at it and then it cuts to nedry <laughs> There's a lot of cuts back and forth for this scene, but yeah. Because I just remember when the thunderclap is... But you're right, the thunderclap happens like right after Nedry and it cuts back and it shows Gennaro. Yeah, the thunder. Mm -hmm. I do just the sheer wonderful timing and delivery of uh, Jeff Goldblum. (laughs) He like deadpans looking at this giant pile of dino doo-doo. And he just walks up to it with his yep. gold bloom swagger, and yep, that's one big pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and she, and then it like pans down to her, and she's in a little smaller pile, but she has little like plastic sleeves on, but just arms deep in the <laughs> pile yeah. of doo doo, and just playing with the crap. And I always thought that was <laughs> kind of funny that she has like an elbow long insemination glove on yeah. and then goes shoulder deep into it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then she goes and she peels it off and walks past Dr. Malcolm and he goes, uh, you will be washing your hands uh, before you eat again. <laughs> he, I, he is the comic relief, I guess for the, for the movie. Yeah. Like he's always the one to deliver the one liners and stuff through the whole thing. Yeah. It's pretty uh, and it's pretty great. <laughs> you will be washing your hands again. <laughs> so that's yeah. Sadler decides to stay with the vet mm-hmm. to to tend to the the triceratops. Wait, so that's when it goes back to Nedry actually doing the embryo stuff. He's uh he's trying to talk which is what this is 93 and he opens a a window and it shows a video of uh the ship and it's like pouring rain there and the guy's on the phone yeah he's talking to some guy which is i guess his contact to get him off the island with the embryos and they're talking about timing and he's like well we gotta go we gotta go it's gonna be tight like the boat's gonna leave you gotta do it now and so he gets up out of his desk tells him that there's gonna be some issues starts his timer Goes to the embryo closet. The security camera dies. He goes into the embryos containers mm-hmm. and starts stealing dinosaur embryos and puts uh, them yeah. into the little shaving can. That's it's like it cuts to night almost immediately after that scene yeah. where he hits execute and it shows that Grant and Ian are in a the jeep alone and it's dark and then it right. cuts back and it shows him going to get the embryos. Okay. Um, but then systems start getting shut down because of Nedry. Like right. he, he disabled the security system so that he could get into the embryo thing. And I guess probably not on purpose that inadvertently also shuts down the security system everywhere. All over the park. Yeah. All over the park instead of just what he wanted. And so not only is it the security cameras, but now all the electric fences, the the joyride that's controlling the vehicles. So they, the vehicles suddenly stop. 
Correct. In the middle of yeah. this rainstorm in front of the And Dr. Grant says, what did I touch? Mm. Yeah. She's like, yeah. Uh, you uh-huh. didn't touch anything. We stopped. Yeah. Yeah, we stopped. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're right by the Tyrannosaurus paddock because you can see the goat still there chained up. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and it's showing uh, Dennis Nedry trying to uh, get out of there. And that's a lot of that scene is him trying to reach the east dock, but he hits the, the sign, of course. And Samuel Jackson's trying to go behind him and figure out what he's been doing. Yeah. And then, uh, 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 you didn't say the magic word. Yeah. He tries to <laughs> shut it down at his desk and yeah, yeah. This little thing. You didn't say the magic word, please. Damn yeah. it. I hate this hacker shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. then they Just also, like, Muldoon asks about, you know, if the, the Raptor fences are out and he says, those are still on. Yeah. And then they say, get an edgery and, it cuts to back to yeah, the cars. It, yeah, because yeah. I think he says, like, uh, John, I can't get Jurassic Park back online without Dennis Nedry. And yeah. It finishes the little montage of. Yeah, and then it's it sticks with uh, the cars after this point because Alan goes to the kids' car to check and see if they're okay. Yeah. Yeah, because this sets up the whole next big scene, the beginning of the terror. Yeah, the radio's out too. Genius. So it goes back to the. Four explorers. Yeah, he's running back into his car and he's like, the kids are fine. Um, he, he's collecting some rainwater or whatever in his can- canteen, gives them to Malcolm. But then I think the, is the first thing that they notice that's wrong is they hear like the little like screeching of one of the fence posts, the electric fence posts kind of like wobbling. Mm. Or the, that comes... All right, so there is, there is like a. They don't go straight into the T Rex scene. So, um, I think the Dilophosaurus scene is is before that, right? They do show that uh, Timmy found the night vision goggles. Oh yeah, uh-huh. he's looking around. He's with looking that. at the, for the goat. Mm-hmm. And the Gennaro goat's not on the is, chain anymore. The Gennaro's passed out, and then Timmy's the first one to notice anything wrong. He takes off the night vision goggles. He turns around from the back seat, and he does. He uh, feels, yeah. He, he's like, "Did you feel that?" And yeah, little tremors. And then he looks yeah. at the cup. Yeah, yeah. So you know something is approaching. Yeah, and just goes, like where's the goat? <laughs> yeah, and the, the goat's leg lands on the on the sunroof. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The engineer says, like, what's the matter, kid? He never had. Oh, no. He says that whenever the goat first pops up. He's going to eat the goat. Yeah. yeah. But then it just. Yeah. I always wondered, is that a leg? It's a leg. Yeah. It lands yeah, on yeah, the roof. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think whenever yeah. I was a kid, I thought it was like the tail. But then it's, as I realized later, it was a little bigger. I want, I, there are like a few subtle things about how they show the vibrations, especially the rearview mirror. And yeah. how it shows oh, his yeah. reflection vibrating. Right. And then they look and the goat's gone. Right. Yeah. They freak out. And then the like then you see the T Rex hand kind of draped over the Oh right. The cable. Yeah. So you know like 
If you imagine, I always thought about this when you imagine how, how a T Rex. How does it reach up there? Yeah, <laughs> it'd have to be like exactly. It'd have to be like face smushed up against the fence just to grab onto it with this little T Rex arm, and then like, yep, no, that's good. Because <laughs> that's the first thing you would think to use is this little arm yeah, this little tiny to touch arm, the fence, and you'd have to get right up on it and like pluck away. It's, it, like if I if I try to think of the whole animal at that moment it, it, yeah. it gives me such a vibe of like the t-rex just being like oh i just can't even because like you, your point earlier in order for them to see it he would have been out of, had to be out of like out of the foliage and right. right next to the fence so if he was bringing his little arm there they would have mm. been like oh there's a t-rex like right by the fence because there's no way he could reach out of the foliage with, with his little T-Rex. Also, on think like, it. did he throw the the leg? Like, yeah. How did the- was he like flinging his head? And just like, <laughs> I guess, yeah, they, yeah, he must have been just poking holes in Jurassic Park. Eat it, eat it, Spielberg. Uh, so yeah, okay. So he tests. That's whenever. So it shows him testing the electric fence, and then you hear like a wobbling fence post. Mm-hmm. And I think it, this during this whole sequence leading up to the breakout, it kind of like bounces between the uh, cars, the cars, like, and their yeah. reactions to what's happening. Just be, starting to get freaked out, and, and you start to hear Alan, the little cables snapping, like, and the electric fence is falling apart. I can't remember. Is there anything between then or when it first like lunges out of the fence? No, it, pre- no, it happens you, pretty much like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which also is one of my favorite shots of, I mean, so that's, good. that's the shot that in 1993, Stan Winston, Stan Winston or industrial light and magic was able yeah, to do. ILM. Yeah. He could do something that would hold up better than, Yep. Like visual effects for the next 20 something years. Right. It (laughs) seems like only recently are we kind of starting to get back where visual effects artists know how to actually like mimic true light to create something Mm -hmm. that looks even nearly as good as that Jurassic Park did. (laughs) Yeah. They they used like there's a good visual effects breakdown video out there on how they did it and why it holds up. And you're right. It's because it was dark. So, you know, they didn't have to have like full texture detail on the dinosaur. They use these harsh overhead flashing lights of lightning. So you get these nice glossy glares of of the reptilian skin. But like it's just like perfect conditions to make a realistic looking dinosaur because of the contrast and the the Mm -hmm. weather. And they used practical references so like they had studio lights making the flashing so they had lighting reference and they hit the ground so they had the splashes on the ground were practical like it was just yeah for for being one of the first effects like that they executed it like perfectly so you can still go back and watch this movie and just be like that looks so good Mm -hmm. yeah I'm sure it's harder for the younger generation to really notice that because after Jurassic Park, you know, think of all the movies that used visual effects and yeah, just didn't, it wasn't the same necessarily. Yeah. They were, 
yeah, I think because it was so rudimentary, they still had to do so much tedious detail by hand rather than leaving it to, um, like templates and programs, simulations and all that. Like, yeah, yeah. It was more of an artist's approach. Anyway, the T-Rex breaks out of its container and goes towards the kids car first because they're freaking out and they turn on a flashlight and it's waving around and the T-Rex is goes towards the motion. Right. Oh yeah. We forgot to mention that Gennaro ran out of the car and, straight oh. to the bathroom before okay, it went yeah. through the fence immediately okay yeah he yeah. freaks out and bolts and yeah. she's like he left us and um the kids are don't know what to do and the t-rex approaches their car leans its head down towards the driver's side door with its eye right by the window yeah and uh the flashlight is like right in its face Right, right. It's it's iris. Yeah, iris yeah. closes and uh, opens. Yeah, you can see the little yeah people constrict and then pop back open. And I'm trying to remember when does the they close the door? Was the door so still open the whole time? It was open, and then uh, Timmy closes it, and that's the first indication to the T Rex that there's anything in the car. Uh, and okay. it, it turns its head towards him, and that's when it leans down the flashlight. And it makes a noise like, oh, there's something in the car. And then yeah. it starts to hit the car with its head. Right. Yeah. And then. Yeah. Um, topples the car over. And that's when yeah. Malcolm gets the, uh, the flare. Or Grant gets a flare, goes out there, distracts the, uh, the T-Rex. And then Malcolm also comes out with a flare. And actually just takes off running and leaves the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and launches Ian on the ground, knocks over yeah. the uh, the bathroom, you know, the yeah, uh, walls yeah. of the bathroom and exposes Gennaro just sitting on the toilet. He eats Gennaro. <laughs> in the yeah, process, Malcolm great. gets covered in, in all the just debris and so yeah he survives and i do like they make this little detail which i guess just points out like the whole bird theory i guess they just carry that forward so mm. when the t-rex is chewing on the car with the kids in it uh it's like bird-like like it like way snaps it, at the wheel yeah, the way it moves. and then snaps back at the wheel again. And when it, he looks at Gennaro on the pot, he like tilts its head mm-hmm. and then snaps down. Like it's a bird, you know, snapping with its beak. I just thought it was interesting. They kind of like, they pointed on the early in the movie and, you know, with the bones and then carry it forward. It's definitely a good smart. reference. Yeah. It's a good reference yeah. for the visual effects artists too. Right. They didn't have yeah. to do that. Well, and right. And, and also as, as a side note, you know, like he, he snatches Gennaro off the toilet and brings him up and then just waves him around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, you know, if, if you're just watching the film, you might, you might just think that was just kind of a theatrical thing yeah. that, um, just to kind of make the scene a little more brutal. Um, and, and I don't know the, the actual paleontological paleontology, 
paleontological <laughs> science behind it. <laughs> but at least in the book, Crichton goes into a, um, an explanation, not not even connected in that scene. It's just a mention in the book that paleontologists discovered that or came to determine that the T-Rex, because, you know, he didn't have um, long arms. And, and yeah. that essentially that was, you know, kind of in the same way a dog will lock on. And then yeah. right. that was the way that the T-Rex would tenderize its prey. So that was uh, actually like that was put in the movie just to actually be a behavioral kind of, trait. Yeah. Um, just to yeah. kind of give you that little bit of detail into, right. you know, what they were they inserted that into you know, for that effect and always thought that was kind of cool. So uh, snap back to the Explorer that's had down. been sinking yeah. into the mud. Grant's trying to pull the kids out. He gets Lexi out. Yep. And then Lexi gets up onto her knees and immediately screams the top of her lungs. And yes. then Grant spins around, covers her mouth because the T-Rex is right in front of him. And he said, don't mm-hmm. move. It's, you know, it can't see us if we don't move. And it leans down to smell him, blows some hot breath, knocks his hat off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he like the T-Rex bumps the car and they spin around with the car towards the edge of the. So you always wonder, like, why it's towards the edge of the paddock, right? It suddenly has right a cliff. where they were. <laughs> but then there's a cliff. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, is that the paddock well, or is was there a cliff inside the paddock? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it was like they never really showed. I guess they did, but it like I, I feel like they must break the, um, the the 180 degree rule or something because it is like at some point, yeah. Because yeah. I think yeah, there's yeah. a cliff. Like if you're standing at the paddock looking the other way, then I yeah. think like mm-hmm. 50 feet over there is is a retaining wall with a, a cliff yeah. beyond it. I think that's how you're supposed to see it as they went down the other side yeah i I mean that's always what i thought but i always just knew it was disorienting to me it is it was it is a little disorienting because you're suddenly like in a different environment than what you were just set up to be in. right right and but that scene never really couldn't possibly cue anyone into that it's i always came to that determination like later on when muldoon and sadler come back to the scene to determine that one of the cars is missing because they look over the other wall yeah, I, yeah, that was yeah. the only way I ever. I, I, so, the only thing I can imagine is like there must. If I went back and watched it, I think they just break the one hundred and eighty degree rule, like in a yeah. pretty egregious way or something. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. The T Rex like, keeps pushing the car towards the edge, and they quickly realize, well, there's no escaping. Like we got to go over the wall, which they yeah, grab. which has like a three foot wall, concrete wall. That he's pushing yeah, the car yeah. to, and then they climb onto that. And, yeah. And then, and then somehow it pushes somehow the car it pushes up. the car up onto, onto it, the, and, over onto the it and over the edge. Yeah. yeah. So they climb down yeah. one of the cables. Lexi's on Grant's back. And they realize, oh, the car is about to be pushed over and hit us off the cable. So they swing over, grab another cable. The car goes flying into the tree. And they're freaking out because Timmy is still in the car. Which still, yeah, I don't know how that worked either. Because, you know, the car was upside down and the roof wasn't really there. So he right. would have still been on the ground. Quote, air quotes there. 
Like, yeah. So I don't know how he was in the car when it went maybe over. Maybe he got like lodged underneath like the I, console yeah, or something like that. Well, yeah. I think the roof was still there. just kind of like compressed in. Well, like the, the glass roof, you know, oh. the, oh, the yeah, T-Rex went in. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 So he must have had to get squished up into it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So, also is a side note, and I'll make this clear just so that this episode isn't like two hours long, but <laughs> you know, like That's in fine. Jurassic World, they, the, the kind of like hybrid dinosaur that they created, Chris Pratt mm-hmm. makes the mention of that dinosaur killing for sport. And I think it's supposed to be yeah. some kind of like social commentary about humans. And, um, cause Spielberg had made a, uh, the comet years and years back kind of to the same effect that humans were the only species that ever walked the earth that would kill for sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but that T-Rex in Jurassic park had eaten twice at that point, a goat <laughs> and, and, a turkey, <laughs> and he didn't even try to get the kid out of the car. He just wanted to send the car over the cliff. Cause yeah. it was angry. He couldn't yeah, get them there. Like, <laughs> yeah. Cause I guess that is like, RTX is that aggressive? They make a comment in the Lost World, but that's because the T-Rex had a child, but it said like it'll protect its territory up to whatever miles. So like yeah. maybe maybe a T-Rex is just aggressive, but to your point, yeah, they would have to be like some sort of imminent threat. As we could put po- I mean lots of, lots of poke holes being poke. Let's poke holes in Jurassic Park. <laughs> And I don't think this is like poking a hole in like this, the screenplay, but maybe just the uh, state of the science there, which they ended up rebuking, like at, at least yeah. the Lost World or maybe the uh, Jurassic World or at some point. But the idea that the uh, T Rex can't see anything if it doesn't move. And so I right. thought, yeah. like, so does a T Rex see the world in um, kind of like if you photoshopped, if you had a landscape? And like maybe trees <laughs> blow in the wind, but if you just right. photoshopped, if you just kind of cropped out the trees blowing in the wind, and then just put them on a white mat, <laughs> and so it's like does the T Rex just only see the world as like which is the matrix, you know? It's, it's floating. Yeah. yeah. So, I just thought that was like kind of interesting. Like how could that? Like maybe maybe it doesn't recognize that there's a living thing right. here, but has to still see him not to mention like, it's a visual acuity is based on movement yeah how would yeah. you live yeah. you can yeah. how could you function in the world <laughs> so uh that happens i can't remember does it so i don't think it just immediately is them climbing down onto the ground mm. looking up at the tree i think at this point it does go back to the control room oh right is that the the gold bloom scene uh, no, that's later on. No, no, no. No, they're trying to figure out how to work through Nedry's uh, like virus, I guess. You know, oh, what he did to the computers. Samuel and, talks about there being two million lines of code that they would have right. to... Right. Yeah, so it's going to take some time. And then, so in the meantime, he uh, Hammond says to Muldoon, uh, wondering if you could do me a favor. Could you please bring back my grandchildren? Mm-hmm. And he says, sure. And so he goes get the shotgun and um, Sadler says, I'm coming with you. And they take a Jeep out to go find them. They yeah. arrive at the Tyrannosaurus paddock, flashlights waving, yelling for names. They still hear the T-Rex like roaring in the distance. And like Nick said, they look over the wall. And they're like, the other the other car. 
And right so they, before that scene, a whole scene happens. Aha. I bet you all didn't see this coming. The end of part one to this episode. I've never done it before. It's like the essence of chaos. You know, just something happening randomly out of nowhere. And now I'm here talking alone to myself on the podcast. I bet you also wouldn't expect Mr. Arnold to tell you how long you got to wait for part two. Three minutes, I can have power back on the entire park.